You know, there's a lot of needs today in our land and our, our communities. Yeah. You know, we talk about the healing needs of our country and, you know, we're, we're rampant in suicide, especially like amongst our teenagers. Have you been hearing this and seeing this in our high schools? So lately we've had suicides and we've had despair to the point that they would kill themselves or the drug addiction. I remember in high school, you know, there was a few outliers, like there were some folks that you just didn't necessarily, uh, I didn't anyway, associate with that, you know, they were just crazy. They, they were doing some <laughs> drugs, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, that was the that was the abnormal thing. But today it seems like it's just everywhere, right? Drug addiction is normal in, amongst teenagers. I was talking to, uh, I was working as a substitute teacher in a school and uh, some of the guidance counselors were talking about how they knew of 15 kids that were addicted to heroin. And this small school is in Gallatin County. 15 kids in that one small community addicted to heroin. That's crazy to me. Teenagers. I look at Brother Marcus and I think, you know, I told him whenever he took his, his position as a youth pastor and I said, you know, youth ministry is the hardest ministry in the church. It's, it's full of uh, trials and struggles and people are just being under attack. Your kids are being under attack every day because kids are making the decisions to live for Christ before the age of 16. So, you know, that 13 to 15 year old group, those are making some huge life decisions. They're making decisions that they can't reverse sometimes, but you know, God is there for them too. And I pray for Brother Marcus and Sister Megan because they do have a great work and they're doing a great job. So I thank the Lord that he's given us some youth pastors that can do some great things for our teenagers. We have mental illnesses and depression, sickness that we've been praying for, AIDS and HIV and confusion. You hear about the different things where people are not sure if they were born as a man or a woman and you know, people were just, uh, you know, confused about things. And it's it's important for us as a church to get behind people and let them find out what God has the plan for them. That God has something for their life that they don't have to live confused, but they can have a sure ground. They can stand on steadfast, solid rock ground that they yes. can live their life that God had planned for them. Yes. Do you know that God has a plan for you? Yes. Every one of you, God made you to be who you are. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't mistake anything. He didn't mess up your chromosomes. He had a plan for you. The Bible says that he knit you together. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He didn't leave anything out. He didn't make a mistake. I'm going to hear to tell you today that God is enough. No matter what your need is today, whether you're suicidal, depressed, or sick, whether you have an addiction, these are all things that God can help you take care of. There was a young lady in our church, this church, and I think it was Easter. And as she was leaving Easter service, I grabbed her by the arm and God impressed me so much. And I told her, this is the place you have to be. Otherwise, you will walk out these doors and you will die because of your addictions. She cried. She cried and cried for weeks after weeks. She's been coming back. And I think it's awesome to see that God's gotten a hold of the people. God's gotten people to where they can see that he can change them. And this church, not just the one down the street, not the mega church that everybody wants to go to, but this church, the church that God loves. God loves you. But people are in pain and alone, aren't they? They feel hopeless, don't they? But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only son to die for you. Yes. That if you believe in him, he would what? 
He would save you and give you eternal life. But you wouldn't perish. You see, this pain and this aloneness, it almost makes you feel sometimes that you'd rather die. And I understand that. There are people in the Bible that were just in that same spot. Elijah prayed that I just want to die. Just take me out of this world. And I remember that he was one of the greatest men of faith in the world and history. And we can see God moving in him and getting him to understand that I have a plan for you. And it's better than death. I have a plan for you. It's better than addiction. I have a plan for you. It's better than any pain and any suffering and any sickness that the devil may want to have for you. People are in pain and alone. But Jesus came for you. He did it with no conditions. He did it with compassion. Yes. No conditions. Just to love me. Just believe in me. And I'll be there for you. I'll give you life. He looked down and saw people cutting themselves just to feel alive. You still see that people are scarred up from the arms. They wear long sleeves because they don't want people to see them. They get tattoos to cover up their scars. I understand that. They, they want to feel alive. But God has life for you. He said that he came to give you life, life abundantly, not just a little bit of life, not just a taste of life, not just a life, just enough, but life abundant. Yes. It's awesome to know that. He saw the hurt was so bad that when we would put chemicals in our body to erase pain, chemicals that would be poisonous or destroy your life, that would shorten your life. And they think it's okay because it's, it's taken away the pain. It's taken away whatever I'm going through so that I can get to the next day. Sometimes they're taken to the point that they would hope that the sun doesn't come up the next day. He saw people that were had pain from things that people have done to them, rape and They've been, uh, they've been hurt by abusive husbands or abusive wives or abusive fathers or people in their life. or They've been abused. They've been murdered. Some people have been in murder situations. I've talked to three folks that are on trial for murder just this past week. And to me, it's hard to understand how people can get to this point where they have to feel like it's, there's no other choice. I have to do this. But, you know, God has a plan for even their lives. They have pain from death or failure. People feel like they have to be perfect these days, you know? Yeah. The Facebook and the internet, is, it's constant. Uh, it's almost like a constant microscope. People are so frustrated because they're feeling like they have to be perfect. Even our kids are under pressure so much. And I think that's why the suicidal tendencies that we see in teenagers are so high because it's a constant microscope. People are always watching. And, you know, I think it's almost better if we had our kids to where they weren't on Facebook or they weren't using their phones so much because they could have a place where they can just be themselves and let God's plan for them unfold. God has a plan for you. They're in pain. He saw people who had a need to be perfect and accepted by society that they would pay a surgeon to perform, you know, tucks here and pull this there and do all these things. People would subject ourselves to that kind of thing, you know, and I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not preaching against plastic surgery. My wife's a nurse. I believe in medical field. I used to be a paramedic. I believe the medical society has done a great thing. The healthcare professional, if you're one of those, then it's awesome, but don't do it because you're trying to please others. Don't do things because you're trying to fit in. I had a cousin who one time 
decided to turn to a homosexual lifestyle because she was on a softball team and all the other kids were doing it. So I want to fit in. I want to be a part of the crowd. I want to do this. And so she started experimenting with things and got trapped into this relationship she felt she couldn't get out of. Now she's free from that relationship. I believe she's getting married to her fiance sometime this year is what I believe. And you know, God knows what's go what we're going through. He knows why we make decisions that we make. And just because you make one bad decision, it doesn't make that your, the rest of your life. It doesn't make that your, uh, uh, I guess, your identity for the rest of your life. Because what? This is what it is all about. God has a plan for you. Even though the devil may try to destroy that plan or get you on the wrong path, God will make a way back. He has a plan for you. There would be people too unsatisfied with their marriage that they would look for images on a website that would draw them away from their own spouse. There's places where I've seen that God has done some great things in marriages. Where divorces have happened, God has brought them back together. That they've fallen back in love because they got their heart right with God. That they found out that whatever I was missing was God. And whenever I put God in that spot where I was missing it, it just drew everything back together. Life was put back together because God had a plan for them. Yeah. Hopelessness leads to a feeling of um, despair. Hopelessness feels like an imprisonment. And when you feel like you're trapped in something, you'll do anything to get out of that. I don't know, anybody in this room claustrophobic? You know, you don't like being in closed spaces. There's a lot of people like that. And they get to the place where they would do anything they can to get out of that that spot where they're they're feeling imprisoned but imprisonment it's 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 hopelessness right it's despair it's it's sad it leads to depression and and there's all kinds of sicknesses that come from that but God wants to heal that in our, our lives because he is the hope of our future if you have Jesus Christ in your life you have a hope that you never knew before you know, you, you just have hope. You have hope for a future. You have hope for eternity. You have hope for a life because you find out that once you know Jesus Christ for real, he always had a plan for you. He always did. God says in Isaiah 45, 22, he says, turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Turn to him. And we can be saved. You know, God has a plan for every single human being on this planet. Not just an elite few, not just a certain class of people, but all of us, every single person. He has love for every person that's ever walked this earth. Even if they've done some horrible things, even if they've done some terrible things, God can heal them and he can take them and give them salvation. But people think, you know, I've got to find my own way out. Maybe a harder drink. Maybe the beer wasn't enough, so I need to get some whiskey. Maybe the whiskey's not enough, so I need to try some, maybe some marijuana. And I'll, I'll just take a hit of marijuana and maybe drink. And maybe that didn't work, so I'll just try to add some pills to it. And you just try to find this concoction of chemicals and things, and you end up not finding anything but hopelessness. Day after day, people keep walking through life. And for some reason, the sun keeps coming up. Some people are in such despair that they would rather the sun not come up tomorrow. That they're just hoping that when they go to sleep, they put this whole whatever they put in their self, you know, 
um, I talked to some of my kids and they were listening to some music and there was some word in there I didn't know what it was and I was like what's that mean and they were like well that's like when you go to a party and they just pour all this stuff in a bowl and everybody just drinks it and nobody really knows what it is it's called lean you ever heard of that all right parents this is your lesson for the day if you hear a song that says you know I have lean in my body whatever that's what that is that's this drink or whatever they've been drinking at parties and it's dangerous because you never know what's going to happen you never know what's in it put pills and alcohol and and uh cough medicine with uh whatever's in it you know they just pour it all together and they drink it so if you hear that that's what that is and you know our teenagers are hearing this and they drink this stuff and sometimes kids get to the point to where they just don't want to wake up the next day but the sun keeps coming up because god has a plan for you yeah what you do not realize is that there is a son and it's the son of god and he keeps coming through for you he keeps allowing you to survive whatever you've gone through whatever you put in your body it didn't have the effect that the enemy wanted it to have because god has a plan for you the son keeps coming through for you because he loves you god loves you so much that he has a plan for you that he's going to see it through he we do not realize that jesus has so much compassion on you that even when you were his enemy he died on a cross for you yeah. maybe it's because you don't understand that you rejected him maybe it's because you don't know him that's why you reject him despite your misunderstanding or maybe despite the fact that you just don't have enough information to turn your heart to god he still loves you right. Amen. he's still there for you he still has a plan for you if you don't know who Jesus is, can I just take a second and tell you who he is? Jesus came as a little baby in a manger, but then he grew up in a carpenter's home. He had a wonderful mother who had other children. She loved all of those kids, but she knew that Jesus had a plan in his life. And she, she was, he was born, and it was because of the angel that came and told her all this plan that she had for her son, that she was chosen by God to have this baby Jesus was so awesome that he did some great things even when he was 12 years old he stood in a synagogue a church just like this and he told them about his father he told them he reminded his people about God's plan he reminded them that he was going to send a messiah and ended up he he was that very messiah Jesus Christ declared that he was the only way to the father he was the way the truth and the life he said he knew that he would be that you would be lost confused and dying and he gave his life on a cross for you he knew that pain of life without hope of who is he is is exhausting it's 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 unbearable it's like you know you you live through life and you just go to work and at the end of the day you just hope that you can wake up tomorrow so that you can get to friday so that you can have whatever drinks that you want to have and you can watch whatever sports event that you want to watch and you can start again on monday what kind of life is that there's more to life than that folks there's more to life than just existing it's exhausting not to have jesus christ in your life but he wants you to know that he has a plan for you that he's here for you today that he will give you a life that's worth living if you turn to him 
He knows that to try to struggle through without the hope of eternity is so far from why you were created that you would be miserable. Miserable. You weren't created to be miserable. You were created to give worship. You were created to walk with him in the Garden of Eden. And sin came in and screwed that all up, right? Yeah. It messed it all up. We, we have the opportunity now that we're uh, uh, they're separate from God. We're in a void from God. We have to have a bridge to get to him. And that bridge is Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he bridged the gap for you. He loves you yeah. so much that he said, whatever I have to do, Father, send me and I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll help them. I'll die on the cross for them. I'll take yeah. on all of their sins so that they can be set free. Yeah. He knew that he had a plan for you. Yeah. Yes, give him praise. He's awesome. Yeah. Jesus showed up as a baby in a manger. Yes, he's so good. He showed up as a baby in a manger, grew up in a carpenter's house, and was promised the Messiah for all the world. People watched him heal the sick, raise the dead, and preach amazing hope to thousands of people. He's an awesome God. Yeah. Acts 4 and 12. It says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Yeah. That's Jesus. Yeah. If you don't have enough information about following him, just know this. He loved you. He loved you like, not like what I could love you. He loved you like no man could love you. He loved you like God loves you. Because he is God. He loves you. He loves you no matter what you've done. No matter what your worst day was. No matter what your worst decision was. No matter what. He said, I love you. I'll forgive you. I'll take you from the pit and I'll raise you. I'll give you a place to stand. I'll give you some solid ground that you can live your life on. If you just trust in me, follow after me. God loves you. He walked through life with the power of the Holy Spirit in him. I think that's an awesome statement right there. The Holy Spirit is that gives us the power to break down strongholds, to pull people out of the muck and the mire, to get people free from their their trouble and their strife, to get them to a place where they can live a life that God had planned for them. He was tempted by the enemy, and he lived a sinless life. He was crucified on a Roman cross, put in a tomb, and rose on the third day. After that, he sent the Holy Spirit to us, the church, the church, to go into all the world and tell about the gospel, to show them that there is hope, the message in 2019 is nothing more than this same message to go into all the world and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news that he loves you. The good news that he is enough. The good news that he didn't make a mistake when he allowed you to be born. The good news that whenever you were formed that there was nothing left out. The good news that he says, I am enough for you. If you just turn to me, I'll take all of your burdens. Your yoke is heavy, but mine is light. Just turn to me and I will set you free is what he said today it's going to be an awesome awesome day whenever you see that you can be set free you think no 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 I, I've done too much I, I I've gone too far I'm too dirty I can't do this I I've my story is just too great and 
I can tell you this, that God wants to use your story. He, he wants to use you. He loves you so much that he wants to forgive you. He would wipe you clean. He, he said he'd take his blood and he'd wash you over and you'd be white as snow. You wouldn't have a spot or blemish that you would be set free. You'd have hope. God's here for you today. Let us go back a minute. He says, I say here that you seek a new high. You think about what can wash away my pain. Maybe some marijuana. It's not just a big, it's not a big deal. It's just something you smoke. It's just a plant. God even gave us that plant. I've heard that argument, right? God gave it to us, so it's for us. No, maybe some whiskey and marijuana. That didn't work either. So that's not good enough. And then people turn to like cocaine and then they realize that all their money's gone because they spent everything they had on it. And then they think, oh man, that's not good. Maybe I can go hang out with these people. They don't even know me. I'll just go over there and I'll do whatever they're doing. And they have heroin. And you think, ah, that heroin's some bad stuff. I've heard some bad things about it, but I think I can handle it. And then you turn to that. And then the next thing you know, um, somebody has some meth and you, you know, you start hitting the meth and next thing you know you've, you're so far gone you've lost yourself you might have been up for the you know last six or seven days you've lost yourself and you've been pouring everything you can into your body to try to erase your true identity it's the trick of the enemy that god god has told us that we can be kings and queens and princes and and priests and the devil keeps wanting to tell you that you're just nothing that you you can be like God is what the, the lie that he told Adam and Eve that you can have the knowledge of God if you would just taste of this fruit. And, you know, he tricked them into this thing. And it's the same trick that we're still falling for today is that we can be above what God's telling us here in his word, that he's enough. But the devil keeps saying, but look at this fruit. It's so pretty. It'll make you feel so good. It'll make your friends like you more. It'll, it'll make you higher in, uh, than you've ever been. Or it'll be the best high you've ever felt. But it'll drag you down farther than you ever want to go. The Bible says that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It's not my words. It's the word of the Lord. He dangles the fruit in front of you. And you either have to reject it. And say, no, that's not for me. You can keep your trash, devil. Yeah. I have a plan for my life. Yeah. That's what I wish people would start saying. Yeah. Devil, you can keep what you have. Because I have a plan for my life. Even if you've started walking this path to take whatever thing is dangling in front of you. You can say, you know what? God has a plan for me. And I'm going to go after it with everything I have. Just like I went after that stuff with everything I had, I want to go after God with everything I have. Because whenever I turn from that, when I turn from my wicked way, God said that he would come and he would heal our land. Not just ourselves, but he would heal all of us. The, the friends, the kids, the, the sisters, the brothers, the mothers, the aunts, the uncles, the communities, the states, the nations. He will come and he said he would heal our land. But we have to turn from this and go after the plan that God has for you. What's that plan look like? I don't know. It looks different for all of us, hopefully. I don't want you to follow my plan because my plan is going to lead me to my destination. If Rob gets behind me and follows my plan, then he's going to go where I'm supposed to go. 
and he might miss his destination. That's a, that's a, that's a good word. Todd, if you follow after Pastor Dallas alone, and you're not following after God, then you might miss your destination. Now, I believe we have some awesome spiritual leaders in our life, don't we? But I don't think Dallas would ever stand here and tell you, you need to go where I go. He's never told me that. God wants you to have a plan. He has a plan for you. He wants you to know what that plan is, is what I meant to just say. God wants you to know exactly what your plan is. It's, it's going to lead you to a specific destination. If you don't know where your plan is or how you're going to get there, sure, you're going to have to get up and follow somebody for a minute. But eventually, whoever that leader is that has you under their wing, they're going to have to let that wing go so that you can get out there and do what God called you to do, right? That's the whole plan of the church. I told you about 2019, God said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we miss our pastor today, don't we? Man, what if he was gone every week? That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dallas, we miss you. Holly, we miss you. We don't want him going out into all the world, preaching everywhere all the time, because then we'd never see him. But God has a plan for you to go out into all the world and to do some great things. He has a plan for you, but first, you must be set free. If you're trapped by something and you don't want the sun to come up tomorrow, let Jesus Christ arise in your life today. God has a plan for you. In Psalms 18.30, Psalm 18.30 says, This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all, those who take refuge in him. God has a plan for you. When you decided to do whatever you decided to do, God was there providing for you. He was shielding you. He was giving you a, a hedge of protection almost to what the what some yeah. people say. God has a hand on you when you didn't even know it. He was shielding the attempts of those guys who would have raped you and left you for dead. God has saved you from the time when they were going to rob you, beat you, and kill you. Yeah. I had a friend, a pastor in Glencoe. Man, this boy, this guy, he came to church. He wasn't a boy, he was a man. He came to church and he had been in trouble, uh, got DUIs and things. And part of his uh, probation was that he needed to go to certain meetings. So he came to church and he said, you know, do you mind if I come and just be in church service? It can count as some of my meetings for the week. But if you, at the end of service, if you don't mind, you just sign my paper. And I said, sure, sure, Brother Leif, that'd be fine. His name is Leif Humble. And that man... He came to church, and he had like six six little lines on a sheet there, Brother Rob. And uh, I, I signed all six of them. About the 15th or 16th time, we were on the back of the sheet, and I was making my own little line and signing my name. And I said, Brother Leif, I think, you're, uh, I think your page is already filled out. I don't know if you necessarily need me to fill this out anymore. He goes, well, I'm just afraid of if, if you don't sign my paper that you won't let me come back. And I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I've been to a few other churches and they just told me that they didn't want me there. He said, but I really like to, I like the, the feel of the presence of God here. I like to hear you preach and I like to, I like to be here. I said, well, Leif, this is your church. You're welcome here. Come on in. You know, be yeah. here. This is you. This yeah. is for you. 
wonderful man. About three weeks after that conversation, uh, I gave an invitation to have people stand and receive the, the salvation. He stood up crying, bawling. He, he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that day. And then like two weeks later, I'd never seen him again. I'm like, where in the world did he go, you know? So I called a few people that knew him, and they were like, oh, he moved to California. And I said, what's that about? Well, long story short, he was in California, and he had started a business. He had a brother out there that did construction, and he became his painter. And uh, one day he, he went and did a job, painted a few houses, and he had been paid by cash. And apparently there was a gang out there that was kind of watching some of these construction workers and they found out, you know, whenever they get paid and this guy that day, he had um, been beat and robbed. And they threw him in the back of his truck and they lit his truck on fire and killed him. And uh, a few, few weeks later, his wife calls me and I didn't know he was married, first of all. So she calls me, she said, you know, Leif had talked about you all the time and that he was, you were his pastor. Um, he wanted you to preach his funeral if anything ever happened to him. And so I was like, okay, um, that's totally fine. So we talked to her about the, the funeral and things. And we did the funeral. I got to the funeral and I told this crowd of people that I said, you know, a lot of you didn't even know that Leif had a pastor, but I was proud to be his pastor. They said that he had business cards made and he was set on a path of, of he said he was never free before. His sister testified at the funeral that two days before this that he told her that he had accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, that if he died, that he would be ready to go to heaven. And she was crying, and she said, I've never heard those kinds of words of hope from, a, from my brother. But he was just a drunk. He was known as the town drunk. He was known as the guy that nobody went around. Churches even told him that we don't want you here. But you know what? God had a plan for him. God loved him. And I loved him. He was a great guy. Fun to be around. We had a, a food drive. And we had the uh, the the food people come. The, what is that? The uh, food truck come over. And we had 10,000 pounds of food. We were handing it out to the uh, community. And he was back there handing the bread out. With the biggest smile on his face. My mom was there that day. Mom, Dad, it's good to have you here today. Uh, but my mom was here that day. She had brought her church up, and they had a bunch of workers. We were just handing out food to our community. And this guy is back in the back by himself, just handing out bread. And people were coming by looking at him like, what in the world is he doing here, you know? And it's just like that. When God gets a hold of you, it changes you yeah. so much. It's yeah. surprising yeah. to people. Yeah. Yeah. I want God to be surprised. I'm not God, I want people in your life to be surprised when they see you. When they walk into your office the next day or when you walk into their office, they look at you and say, whoa, what's going on with you? Something's different about you. And you can say, you know what? I turned from what I was chasing after and I started chasing after the plan that God has for me. And you can start telling them that God has a plan for them and that plan is for good and not for evil and that you can go after it with all your heart and you can be changed even when there's people trying to kill you, God has a plan for you. That even after your death, that testimony can live on. That the family that saw you changed can be changed themselves. And I'm here to tell you today that God can do it. He's done it for some. He can do it for all. Somewhere. Anytime that you were out there in the world and you were doing what you were doing, God had a hand on you. He was protecting you. 
God saved you and he was here today to save your soul from an eternal separation from him. Somewhere there was a mom praying, a dad praying, an aunt or a grandma. And they were praying, oh, Lord, remember that promise that you gave about my son. Remember that promise you said about my daughter. Remember that promise that you said, if, if I would raise them in the ways that you are, that you would let them never depart from it, God. And I remember that raising them, these kids, and I dedicated their life before you. And I, I did this stuff, and they were baptized, and they, were, they took communion. They did all these things. And remember, and God said, I won't forget my promise. I have a plan for them. And the plan is for good and not for evil. And I'm going to turn it around right whenever you think it's not coming. It's going to come. The Bible says that we've never been left in the streets begging for bread, but we've always been blessed in our comings and goings. And I believe that God will bless us if we hold true to his promises. If we see that there's a plan for me, Brother Leon, then I'm going to walk after it and I'm going to find it. It may be there will be days where the darkness seems to be overtaking me, but I can tell you what, I can hold on to one thin strand of hope with God, and it can be the exact thing that I need whenever the time comes. Don't forget. You say, don't forget my daughter. Don't forget, someone was praying, even when you had no idea. Someone was in church saying, Lord, I don't even know these people yet, but when you bring them in the doors, let us as a church be ready to connect them to you. Let us be ready to connect them to each other so that they can do a work for you, that they can fulfill the plan that you have for them. That's what this church is about. We're here to connect people to Jesus Christ, to each other, and to their destiny. To allow them to see what God has for them. My prayer today is that God would let his love reign in your life and rescue you if you need rescuing. God would come down and, and bring you up from the, the pits of hell and he would rescue you from the flames. Because I know that there's so many that are just right there falling into hell every day. That If we were as a church were just to stand our ground and be the people that we were supposed to be, that we'd be rescuing them, Brother Dale, from the, the hell's fire every single day. We'd be grabbing them and say, you're 13 years old. You don't need to go after this thing. Come and be with your family. Come to church and, and be the child that God wants you to be. I'm telling you, it was awesome that that girl was found at Deer Park because I, I think that, you know, sometimes we don't give God enough credit. That's such a profound thing that God can just rescue her, bring her to a place where she can be safe again, that God can bring peace in the middle of chaos through prayer. Man, I hope you're getting this today. That someone was praying when you took that needle and punctured your skin. For the first time, you found that vein and, and you injected whatever you injected into your body. God was right there with you. He didn't like what you were doing, but he loves you. Right. Yeah. He's right there with you. He, he wanted you to come out of that and find this today, this path towards his plan. Someone was praying when you first drew your first drag of meth. Someone was praying when you poured whiskey or whatever you could do to burn away your life that God gave you. Someone was praying. Yes. This church was praying. Yes. These people were praying. Yes. God loves you. He has a plan for you. One time I met a man who had 90, he had burns over 90% of his body. He wanted to take his life. From the time he took a, a gas can, he took that can and he poured it all over his body. He took that gas and that gas flew, flowed down his body. It was saturated his clothes. And he said he was so drunk he didn't even know how to do the lighter. He was trying to get the lighter to light. 
And he said he couldn't do that, so he had a flare in the back of his trunk. He worked at the fire department. And he took that flare and he struck it, and he said nothing happened. He thought, I was just going to go up right there. Nothing happened. He said, so I just, I got mad and I threw that flare down. And as soon as it hit that gasoline that was on the ground, that puddle he was standing in, he said the flames just come up and just engulfed him. He said it was just instant pain, like he was thrown into a frying pan. He said he felt like he was dying. He felt like he wanted to die. He couldn't even he couldn't explain how painful it was. Brother Bartley, he said that his skin was melting from his body. He was in so much pain. But he lived through it. He said he still feels pain. He still remembers what it was like. He said every morning when he tries to start moving his legs and his arms again, he feels the scars that are there and how it just pulls and hurts him. But can you imagine being to that point? He wanted to face whatever awaited him on the other side. He was done with life. He was to a point to where there was nothing left in this world that could give him peace or hope is what he thought. And there's so many people with us every day. Maybe even in this house today, in this church this morning. People that are just so done with whatever life has for them. They don't know what hope there is. Like I said earlier, they feel hopeless. They don't know Jesus Christ. They would rather die than face tomorrow. He said, as the flames just engulfed him and his skin just began to melt away, that the pain was just so, so severe. He said, now he thinks that he pretends like he's fine. You understand that? He lived through that. But he's scarred. And he said, every day I just, I wake up and I go through life and I pretend like everything's fine. And I think about that, that's not what we need to do. We come to church pretending like everything is fine. We come in the doors, we sing, we worship, we serve, we do whatever we think needs to be done, but we're just pretending. We need to be real. You have scars, you have pain, and you need peace because God has a plan for you. He loves you. He's here for you. He's enough for you. He can do it for you, Brother Tom. He can do it for all of us. He can do it for you, Brother Todd. He can do it for all of us. He can do it for you, Brother Bartley. He's here for you. God loves you. He's here for you. People will work right beside you. People go to church right with you. They need God. And it's not should not be surprising because the life that you live and the things that you go through, people are going through it right beside you. They're doing the same thing. The same feelings of, man, I wish God would just come and help me out. They feel the same. 
they may look pretty and they may be all you know put together and they may feel like hey they're the perfect people but god is working with them every single day to get them on the path to where he wants them to be he works with me every single day chris don't put your foot there go here he tells me chris no 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 don't don't do that just like a father he, he, he guides me almost holds my hand and he says okay maybe you can't see this it's too dark so just hold my hand you know you ever been there where it just seems like everything you can't see what the next step's going to be so you're taking those little bitty steps you know like, oh i don't want to run into that wall i don't want to stub my foot on that coffee table i'm just taking the little steps so i can make sure that my footing is sure that's when God's right there with you. He's not left you. The Bible says 365 times that he will not leave you or forsake you. Fear not. I'm with you. He said, I'll be with you, brother Steve, to the end of the earth. He's going to be right there with you. So even when right now you don't know what's going to happen today in the next few minutes, you're thinking, yeah, that's me. I, I need hope. I need to deal with this pain. I need to not pretend anymore. I need to get to a place and you might feel like, you know, this is a real dark place for me because I have no idea what my next step's going to be. It's all right. We're all in that same spot. We just put our hand in his and we let him take us. Just the next step. He takes us where he wants us to be. And this last thing, in our own church, musicians can come and start playing. He says, there are people who hurt so bad. They take in a drink here and there, and they drown their pain, they drown out their hurts, they use whatever will drown the pain, hoping to see that the sun doesn't come up again, and they hurt. Maybe you go through something that you didn't realize that you're gonna go through. A surprise, right? There's a young man, and this is a true story, just like everything else I've told you today, but this one's gonna hit real close. He was a Church of God boy. His name was Donald. Just, what, three weeks ago, Mom? Four weeks ago? In her church. 18 years old. Went to prom. At prom, his girlfriend broke up with him. Bad night, right? He made some decisions. Teenagers, you're here. Listen to this. He made some decisions. He was having a bad day. I mean, he was having a bad night. I mean, we go through bad times, right? So he made some decisions that his friends were doing to go ahead and start drinking. He never drank before. Church of God boy, one of our own. Seven miles, 12 miles away from here, he goes to church. He went to church. That boy made some decisions that night that ended his life. His parents were at home thinking, you know, this is prom. He's going to one of his life's milestones. And he's doing some things, you know, that I don't know what he's doing. But they thought, you know, hey, he's, he's a good kid. He's never drank before, never done drugs. He's doing fine. He's out there playing and having a good time with his friends. Next morning comes by. He didn't come home. And they started wondering where in the world could he be. And they find out the news that he had been drinking the night before. The way that he was laying and the way that he ended up he ended up suffocating because he was too drunk to move and his you know he vomited or whatever got caught and died 
one of our own. Could have been anyone in this room, one of our own children. Passed away. Because of what? Hopelessness. Because of going through a bad, bad time. One bad thing. One bad minute. Let's go from breaking up with him. Choosing to turn from what God had been laying in his life, the foundation that he worked on and he'd lived for all of this time, turned one time away from that and ended up dead. And now you're left with families that are grieving, mothers that are distraught, almost unable to live, and their dad trying to get the family back together. Just down the street. Bad decisions happen, right? Bad things happen. People make decisions that would be like them pouring gasoline all over the body and just taking that flare and dropping it, saying, I give up, I'm done. Maybe you're here today and you're in that spot. I've been there. I've come to church sitting in these pews, feeling that same way, like, oh, just don't let me live another day. My wife helped me through that. Remember that, honey? This church helped me through that. Remember that, Rob? I'd go to small group and I'd act like everything was fine, perfect, and these men would just pray. And they probably seen right through whatever I was trying to portray. That's all right. We go through stuff. We can turn and follow after this path, or we can go and reach the destiny that God has for us. Go after God. Go after God today. God has a different plan for you than death. Today you may be here ready to drop the flare. But God has sent me to say this to you. He can take your pain and give you joy. He can take your pain and give you joy. He can give you beauty for your ashes. He can give you freedom where you feel all bound up and in chains. There's enough people here filled with the Holy Spirit that they can take down these strongholds and grab them. And they can tear them out. And he can take them and just make them break. And God can do this for you today. His actions on the cross for you, for me, and for us. He set us up this morning to bring you to the point that you are. So that you can leave this church this morning a new person. Set free. Different from when you came in. Saved, redeemed, full of life. With a plan for a future. God's here for you today. If you would stand with me. You're here today and you need to be set free from hurt, from pain. From things maybe people have done for you. If that's you, you're in luck. You're in a great place.